While it's fairly indisputable that robots are cool, the thought of robotic surgery might cause some patients to wonder if it's the surgeon or the robot doing the surgery. I'm joined again today by Dr. Adam Rothermel. He's the chairman of the Department of Surgery and the director of the Genesis Center of Surgical Excellence. And he's going to tell us about robotic-assisted surgery and make it very clear that the surgeons perform the surgeries with the assistance of robots. This is Sounds of Good Health with Genesis, brought to you by Genesis Healthcare System. I'm Scott Webb. So, Doctor, thanks so much for joining me today. We're going to talk about robotic-assisted surgery, and I think one of the misnomers or one of the sort of myths about robotic-assisted surgery is that folks think, well, if the robot's doing the surgery, is that maybe a good thing? Is that maybe sort of like the Terminator, you know, where the robots are taking over? And I know that's not the case, but I want to have you explain to listeners that, you know, you're doing the surgery, you're controlling the robot, and maybe just tell them what's really involved with robotic-assisted surgery. Robotic-assisted surgery is just that. It is minimally invasive surgery, just done this very similar way as laparoscopic surgery, which I think more people are familiar with, but the robotic instrumentation is being completely controlled by the operating surgeon. That robot does not have the capability to do anything on its own. All right, and so the device is kind of hooked to the instruments that are attached to the patient, and then the surgeon is in a console that's only a few feet away from the patient. You know, his or her fingers attached to the devices there. So it's a really an incredible technology. I encourage anybody to get on to either YouTube or some other you know, video streaming and look up robotic-assisted surgery and just get an idea of what it is. It's pretty amazing technology. Yeah, it really is amazing, and I know there's a lot of benefits for patients, uh, well, benefits for providers like yourself or the actual surgeons and also patients. So maybe you can discuss that. What are some of the benefits as we're trying to sort of sell people on this amazing technology? Yeah, and so a huge benefit is that when I'm operating at the bedside, even laparoscopically or with an open operation, I only got two hands, Right. you know, but with the robotic instrumentation, it's amazing. I can control all four arms. One of those arms is, of course, going to be driving the camera, and I can move that camera wherever I want to see what I need to see, and it's perfectly still. Hmm. It's not, you know, moving around. It's not shaky. It's not the assistant getting tired and the, and the image is drifting, <laughs> yeah. which, which, of course, happens with sure. laparoscopic surgery. It's They're humans, happens. right. Yeah, the robot never gets tired, and so that image is always completely still. Another benefit of that camera is that it's a three-dimensional image that I'm seeing at that robotic console. The instruments themselves, I mean, I really encourage people to go look these things up. They are really amazing. They're wristed instruments. So when we say wristed instruments, we mean kind of like our wrist is how they move with great old-fashioned laparoscopic surgery, those instruments are perfectly straight. They can't bend at the end. You can only kind of move them in two directions. With the robotic instrumentation, it's completely like operating with the human hand, all right? And so that really has made it possible for what we like to say is like doing open surgery, minimally invasive. So it's doing the surgery laparoscopically, you had to do things differently than you would do through a larger incision with your hands just because of the limitations of the instrumentation. But with robotic instrumentation, you can truly do what you would be doing as an open operation, but through these tiny incisions. And so that's a huge benefit too. What we've seen with even our more simple operations and more common operations like gallbladder surgery, inguinal hernias, like groin hernias or belly button hernias, things like that that we might do robotically nowadays is that the post-operative pain is significantly less 
just in my practice over the last several years, totally transitioned away from routinely doing an open inguinal hernia repair, that's a groin hernia, and doing them robotically. And I've seen this enormous difference to where our patients were generally taking three, four days of narcotic pain medication along with the ibuprofen after an open inguinal hernia repair. Additionally, they had more swelling in the groin. Their activity was limited for longer. And now we even changed to do that through these three tiny little eight millimeter incisions. And the majority of patients don't take any narcotic pain medication after that operation anymore. Yeah, they take Tylenol or ibuprofen for the first couple of days, but people are truly amazed. My favorite patient is somebody that has previously had an open groin hernia repair sure. that comes to me with the other side. Now they have a hernia. And I get to say, well, we're going to do this a little bit different than your last time, and we do it robotically. And they say it's night and day. It's just such an incredible difference. So, yeah, the recovery is quicker, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. And I know that unless somebody has had a robotic-assisted surgery, maybe just be hearing about this for the first time. But I know it's been around for a while, and you guys have a lot of experience, probably done thousands of these surgeries, the robotic-assisted kind. Maybe you can tell us about that, just the experience level at Genesis. At Genesis Hospital, we've done thousands of these robotic assisted surgeries going all the way back to I think it was 2008 and that's before I even joined the system. My partners Dr. Brandy Alexander, Dr. Stuart Chow were early advocates of this minimally invasive technology and they you know convinced the hospital hey this is where things are going in the field of general surgery and as well as other specialties too we need to bring this technology to Genesis. And they were early adopters, you know. We're talking 2000. We got one of the first generations of the intuitive robot, and we brought it to Genesis. They've done a lot of surgery on it. Urology has done a lot of surgery, even dating back to then, OBGYN as well. We updated the technology, and just for the last two years, we updated again, and now we have two of the you know, newest generation, what they call XI, intuitive Da Vinci robot. And it just exploded at Genesis, you know, over the past several years. So people would be really surprised to hear that there's something like 6,700 surgical robots being used around the world, about 6,700. The intuitive, you know, Da Vinci Robot company reached out to us and let us know that in, I think it was 2021, that our robot here at Little Genesis Hospital in Zanesville, Ohio, was the sixth busiest robot in the world. Wow. And that was back when we had one, you know, we had only one robot at that time. And it was, right. we were just every day utilizing that technology. <laughs> and everybody was really afraid that, wow, we didn't even realize this until we kind of looked at the numbers. But you guys are really pounding away at the robotic surgery and it's going great. And so that's when the administration at Genesis said, we need to reinvest in this. This is really benefiting our patients. So they got the newest generation and actually two of them. So. Yeah, it's been really cool. We've been doing it for years. I know a lot of like other local hospitals or hospitals in the region have just recently adopted it. And I think that's great. Whatever yeah. it takes, you know, to kind of provide the best care and outcomes to patients is a good thing. But people would be surprised to see that we've been doing thousands of these surgeries over the last 15 years or so. Yeah. Well, as you said, you know, the robot never gets tired and now you've got two of them. So that maybe if there was like sort of a line outside the OR of docs lining up to try to get in there now, at least with two of them, you can do even more on a daily basis. And wondering, you mentioned some of the other hospitals. Are there some surgeries that you're still able to do at Genesis because you had the experience and you've had the robots longer that maybe folks can't have done somewhere else? Yeah, it comes down to experience of the surgeon and what specialties you have utilizing the, the technology and then how comfortable 
are you and your health system doing more complex procedures on the robotic instrumentation? And in the field of general surgery, most hospitals are going to start by doing the groin hernias, the belly button hernias, gallbladder surgery, and then once after a couple of years, they get more comfortable with that, they maybe those surgeons will expand to more complex operations. We're kind of beyond that. And myself personally, I, I believe I did 44 robotic colon surgeries alone in 2022. So that's a very high volume of minimally invasive robotic colon surgeries for one surgeon to be doing. And I'm not the only surgeon doing I'm a genesis, you know. You know, and I think you're right, Doctor. I think it comes down to the experience level, the support from the administration, and the level of experience of those working in the OR doing these robotic-assisted surgeries. Wondering when you're working with patients and open surgery or even laparoscopic surgery is still an option, you know, how do you talk about this with patients? Obviously, you're a fan of the robots, and I can certainly understand why. But when all things are an option, how do you counsel patients, families? How do you convince them that the Da Vinci, you know, is the right way to go? Because I'm just picturing sort of some people, despite hearing a podcast like this and all the benefits we've talked about here, they might still be on the fence. So how do you bring them over to the Da Vinci side? Like anything in surgical decision-making, it's got to be a collaborative decision between the surgeon and the patient. And a lot of times I'll have this discussion with folks kind of laying out, here's why in many circumstances I utilize robotic instrumentation and here are the benefits of doing that. But it's not for everybody or it's not necessarily indicated in everybody in every condition. They can be some of the more challenging operations that we do. If somebody has had prior abdominal surgery, if somebody is substantially overweight, if they have had bad gallbladder attacks to where you expect to find a lot of inflammation, a lot of scarring of that gallbladder, they have liver disease, there's just a number of things that we know as surgeons we're going to be benefit from having the visualization from the robotic camera, the articulation of those instruments, and even some other benefits like the utilization of a special dye that we can give patients through the IV, and only the robotic camera can light up that dye during surgery and help you better identify the anatomy, especially for gallbladder surgery, and I even use it during colon surgeries as well. So we're going to know, and we're going to, you know, very openly lay out, here is why I think we should or we don't necessarily need to utilize this instrumentation for your surgery. You know, you're going to be on narcotics for a couple of weeks and, well, I hope you don't get drainage from your incision or have an infection, but it might happen. You know, it's the colon. It's kind of dirty. And you're going to be spending three, four, maybe five days in the hospital after surgery. So now saying much more <laughs> what, I, what used to sound like a gallbladder conversation of, hey, we're going to make these multiple little incisions on your belly. Yes, you're going to stay the night in the hospital, but the next day you're going to be up, you're going to be walking, you're going to be eating regular food. I expect you to pass gas or have a bowel movement the day after surgery, and once you do, you are free to go home. Yeah, you probably got to take two weeks off of work for a colon surgery, even minimally invasive, but at that point, most people are looking at me going, do I really have to stay? You know, can I please go back to work? They feel basically <laughs> totally recovered at that two-week post-operative right. visit. So it's just been a paradigm shift. I'm just so passionate about the robotic-assisted colon surgery because I've seen just tremendous difference in the outcomes for our patients with Genesis. I mean, it's just been a huge shift. And I just know there's not a lot of hospitals out there that are doing this at the volume that we're doing it at Genesis. And volume is very important when you talk about complex minimally invasive surgery. 
just the experience, as you say, you know, first of all, these robots are expensive, so a lot of hospitals may not have them, or if they have them, they haven't had them very long, so the surgeons don't have the experience that you guys have at Genesis. I mean, there's just so many benefits for the surgeons, for the patients, their families, for their employers to get them back to work sooner. It's just a win-win-win, you know, just every, oh, yeah. everybody's winning all the way around, and I feel like one of the winners here today, too, Doc, because this is really educational and fun. Great to have you back on again. Thank you so much. You stay well. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And for more information on robotic surgery at Genesis, go to genesishcs.org and search robots. And thanks for listening to Sounds of Good Health with Genesis, brought to you by Genesis Healthcare System. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe, rate, review this podcast, and check out the entire podcast library for additional topics of interest. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well. <laughs>